Hello everyone. So this is the um, this is another podcast episode where we continue to talk about you know the elevator. What makes a team worthy of being called a team? Doesn't matter really if you're a team of software engineers, team of people making cookies together, soccer team, football team. Doesn't matter what what kind of team you are. If you want to operate as one unit, and if you want to operate as something productive where you and people that you appreciate and respect you know want to build something bigger than you and bigger than them and actually change the world for the better then you have to understand what's it take to build a team it's it's really important <clears throat> to understand these concepts understand these um principles and you know you know a lot of people ask me why are you talking particular about this particular topic you're a software engineer you're a guy that writes code you know why does it matter for you to talk about um, a you know how to build a team and why you need to build a team and all that kind of stuff so here's the thing you know I very recently published a an article called purposeful engineering and purposeful engineering is mainly focused on, you know, just just because you know how to build software, just because you have mastery over the profession or the craft, it doesn't mean that uh, you have a good purpose, you have a good goal to follow and chase. You're not really chasing a good horizon. A lot of software engineers are working in things that are very trivial, you know, things that don't really matter. A lot of software engineers, you know, uh, prefer to work in... Uh, particular spaces and particular industries where their impact is a lot less than it can be. But in order for you to be um, able to um, create a larger impact, you need to understand what it means to be a, a, a person, a teammate, what it means to be a person that's, um, that's a part of a group of people that share a common goal and a common aspect and that's what this uh, second episode of the series around the elevator um, is talking about so last time you know he said I said you need to to get to know people people in an elevator they really don't know each other you know they don't want to know each other not necessarily they want to know each other they find it actually very weird that someone reaches out to them for, for a lot of um, communities a lot of cultures around the world like for in, in Sweden for instance it is frowned upon and kind of weird that you go and sit right next to someone in a in a in a bus or a train or whatever the case may be this is they find this to be very a taboo in their society so there's a lot of cultures in a lot of places in the world where actually getting to know random people is kind of uh, frowned upon kind of a taboo kind of something that people are not very very uh, interested in and that's basically what happens in the elevator. In, an elevator, in, a, in the elevator, you don't intentionally go specifically in, a, in an elevator, at least for the most part, you know, you're not really going into the elevator um, hoping to see the people in the elevator. In fact, some people prefer the elevator to, to be empty than having anyone in it. You know, sometimes you'll see some people actually wouldn't even bother putting their arm, stretching their arm out or holding the button you know, to keep the door open while they know someone is coming from far away is actually coming to catch up to the elevator, which is kind of rude, kind of silly. But, you know, people do that intentionally. And if you want to really study the behavior and understand why people do what they do, people mainly focus on these things because um, they want to be alone. They don't want to be in the same space with a stranger. They, do, they don't really look forward to 
being with some 12, 13, 14, however big the elevator is, you know, to be there with them and to look forward to seeing them. But when you are in a team and you're working with a team and working with a group of people, the situation is a little bit different. Your job actually, after getting to know people, is to find the bright side, to find the things that are in common between you and your team members. And these will be the very things that makes you look forward to meeting them every single day. So I'm going to speak from my perspective, you know, for, for the teams that I work with, the teams that I work with in the software engineering industry and, you know, teams that, you know, I work with in authoring materials and teams that I work with into brainstorming sessions and thinking about things that makes us somewhat useful to the rest of the world. Uh, to these teams, um, I, you know, what I'm trying to do here is to share the experience and to help people understand that, you know, I heard this the other day, I heard someone say, you know, you know, we don't have to like each other in order for us to work with each other. That's just the most, you know, cog in a machine kind of language I've ever heard of in the world. Uh, that's the worst thing ever, because what basically happens is that when you are a part of a team, if the team that you're working with is not lifting your spirit, your overall morale, if someone on the team you don't like and you can find a common ground with, your soul automatically is being diminished every day. You know, it's taken away from your energy and therefore it's taking away from your mental capacity to innovate and to think about better ways to change the world and actually achieve goals. This is the problem in a lot of places. You know, jealousy, proverbial heart diseases like, you know, anger and, you know, um, hatred. You know, people having, you know, it's not competition. People say, oh, I'm just being competitive. Not really. You know, I think competition has been taken completely out of context when people... Uh, talk about competition, say I'm, I'm competing with my teammates so I can get that promo or get that reward. If you focus on the goal, the promo and the reward and the, and the, 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 the earnings and the, the raises are all supposed to be side effects, not goals in and of themselves, right? One of my favorite quotes that I've ever heard, my favorite, favorite quote in the world is, you know, one of... Um, well, a wise person, I can't really remember the author of the code, but, but, but what they basically said, they said that, you know, it's amazing how much work gets done when nobody cares about who gets the credit for it. It's really amazing how much, how much um, uh, uh, work gets done when nobody cares uh, who gets the credit for it. There's also uh, this this um, this quote about you know you know always be on the side where where nobody actually cares who gets the credit you know there's a lot of a lot of a lot less competition over there and understandably so there is a lot of situations when people um, run into situations where someone works all night and all day and then you know someone just gets up in the morning and tries to get to take credit for someone else's work right and for these folks obviously I don't tell you stay quiet don't let anyone take credit for your work. But more importantly, if this person is on your team, instead of thinking, oh, how dare he try to take credit of my work, ask yourself this question. Maybe this is someone who's trying to actually be a part of the work that you're doing and you're just not allowing them to be a part of the work that you're doing. You have to bring them in. As long as they have the will and they have what it takes 
and they are willing to listen to you and join you and build with you, then why not? Just bring them in. I think we're trying to solve this problem the wrong way. Say, don't let anyone take credit for your work. Well, what if we engage them in a way where the work is a a, a shared shared work between you know an entire team instead of someone just you know cowboying the work and taking the task and just running away with it by themselves and then getting angry that you know they're not getting as much credit as they want it to be like i said before try your very best to be the best for the team instead of trying the best on the team if you try to be the best for the team that basically means you're trying to be the best possible teammate ever because let me remind you this and I was just telling people this the other day I was saying okay any software that you build any work that you do and any rewards that you gain and any promotions that you may earn are eventually going to go away they are much much short-lived than establishing a true human connection with the people that you spend eight or nine or sometimes ten hours with every day and this is why people like uncle bob the, the folks that put in the agile manifesto they said people over processes why is it people over processes because people are the actual the actual fuel to the engine of success it's you and your teammates it's us as humans we are the ones running that show it's not really the beautiful software that you build it's not really the amazing cars that you design it's the people behind that and that's why we say always that software is nothing but a reflection of the organization structure I'm gonna take this a little bit further and say the software that is being built if you write software long enough and hard enough you will discover something very interesting the software that you build has a reflection of the overall morale of the person that was or the people or the person that were writing it and the software that you build can tell you exactly what kind of relationship the team that was building that software had. If they have less communications with each other, if they have less connection to each other, you will notice that the software being built will take longer time. There will be a lot of pieces that don't make sense. And there will be a lot of pieces in the software that you're looking at that are taking longer and more complex than they're supposed to be. If a team is connected together and they're communicating with each other and they truly love each other, they, they, they spiritually are connected to each other, they actually believe that they are brothers and sisters just on the same boat heading towards the same direction. In that particular instance, a change could happen. Something beautiful could come out of it. But when a team is having conflicts and, you know, as the people are working on the particular product or particular software are having problems with each other, you should not expect something good to come out of that. Even if it looks good, I'm going to put a little bit of emphasis on looks good, quote unquote, because you can very easily make a piece of software that looks really, really beautiful. You can make a piece of software that looks attractive, looks promising. But underneath, there is hellfire under that. The code base, the, you know, the design, people have left the project because they got very angry. Nobody really contained them and included them in the decision-making process. They felt isolated. They felt pushed to the sides, to the corners, where nobody really included them in the decision-making process. And therefore, 
they decided to leave the project and now you are left with a semi-crippled software even if it looks good let me explain something to you it is your responsibility as an individual when you are working in a team to find the bright side in each and every individual that you're working with and make sure to invest to invest your time and your effort into encouraging them and amplifying that part of them each and every person in this world has something to teach you if each and every person in the world has something to you know um, that would make you better as an individual amplify your impact and increase your usefulness for the world then your number one responsibility then is to be able to look forward unlike the people in the elevator is to be able to look forward to meeting people on your team you actually feel excited in your heart to wake up in the morning and jump on a teams or Skype or zoom call and get together with your team or hopefully after this pandemic to actually go and see them and spend time with them if you can't find that then you can only blame yourself for not being able to blend in and connect to your team because it's your responsibility and your responsibility alone because they have their own responsibilities but it's your responsibility to connect to them just as much as they may be trying to connect to you and even if they didn't you shouldn't be treating people the way they treat you they treat you just because someone is mean or you know a little bit arrogant on that side to try to advise them tell them hey what's you know what's up <laughs> you know what's going on let's talk about it it's really really important for you to understand that when you're operating within a team and this is just me sharing with you the experiences that I learn on daily basis working with multiple teams on daily basis on different projects and different professions it's really really important that you don't just you know find that but also display the parts that you think your team members are going to appreciate about yourself and your personality so you already found the good thing about the people there and if you can't find it then continue keep knocking that door until you find something that's really interesting about your team members and look forward to doing that with them every day but additionally expose the things that you think are useful to your team for instance I'm not gonna give you a lot of theory I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about you know what you can do as an individual to uh, connect with your team so you can basically say okay hey guys I'm really good at you know explaining a particular framework or a particular programming language and send an invitation just send an invitation make a session make a tech leveling session and say hey I want to talk to you guys about this thing some people might show up some people might not show up you know some people might want to um, have a more of a one-on-one -on -one session they don't want to be in that big session they want one-on-one -on -one sessions to get to ask questions some people don't feel comfortable talking and asking questions in front of a whole other group of people because some people feel a little bit conscious about well if I ask questions people are gonna think I'm stupid or not or I'm ignorant or 
you know, the people I think I think I'm not good at what I'm doing. If I ask the question, the question begs the other question, say, does he know what he's talking about? Why is he asking that stupid question? A lot of people feel like that. And in that instance, and this is why I'm saying you have to get to have a one-on-one -on -one with your team and sit down with your team and talk to your team and be able to think about how you can connect to them. And that's basically the subject of this podcast episode, the bridges, the bridges that you build between you and your team so you can look forward to working with them. And that just a handover from the previous uh, episode where I was talking about getting to know getting to getting to know your team all right so you expose the parts the things that you can do for your team that makes them interested in uh, listening to you and talking with you someone might say I have nothing I have no experience I have nothing to offer this team I'm an entry-level software engineer and there's nothing I can offer for this team that's not true actually let me let me explain to you something mr. entry-level new grad software engineer the aspect your perspective and the aspects that you bring in when you tackle a problem especially the fact that you are fresh into this industry and the fact that you don't have any previous experience makes you actually a, 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 a person with power that the rest of the senior seasoned engineers on the team don't. Here's the problem with software engineering. If you're working on the same team for a long time or the same product for a long time, the software kinds of shapes your own vision. It becomes very hard for you at some point in time. And this is something I noticed in so many different projects with so many different people. You know, the, the, the limitation of the software that they built actually um, clouds their vision. It makes them not able at some point in time to think about what can be done. I've seen this so many times and a lot of people actually appreciated. I worked with four engineers that worked with each other for over 15 years. And I was a new hire on that team. And I started bringing them so many different perspectives and so many different insights. One of them said to me, and I really appreciate that person, said to me, by the way, it's really interesting, like in a, in a group of people, four engineers, it becomes an echo chamber kind of thing that we're just repeating the same things that we've learned when we first joined the project. And there is new, no new input. There's no new perspectives into the system that we're building. And therefore, we're just repeating what everyone else is saying and it's becoming less and less that we actually talk to each other about anything else we don't discuss anything anymore because we are pretty much the same mindset right we found our common ground and pretty much the same mindset so when someone new comes from the outside world and starts bringing in some perspective this this message is specifically for you mr uh, just graduated out of college I can't bring any any value to the team mr. or mrs the um, it's really really important for you to understand that the new perspective and, and this is something that's really interesting the, the new perspective that you bring in is actually the true real value that I expect a new engineer joining a team to bring in 
especially if you're going to work with the same technologies that the, that the team has been working with for like 10 years. I don't expect you to bring something new, you know, but if you did, that's great. But more importantly, and this is for me specifically as a senior software engineer tech lead, I look, if someone new is joining the team, I say, what, bring me something new. Tell me about a new perspective. That's something that I really care about, something that I can't read in a book or watch on a YouTube video or listen to in a podcast. And when you do that, now I'm in. I'm sold. Now you're, you're, you're shifting things. You look forward to meet your team every single day. If you're building a product together, if you're building a project together, if you're maintaining a project together, you're going to be together for a quite a period of time. And it doesn't really make sense for you to start isolating yourself, creating cliques or gangs or you know, try, trying to have allies and enemies and all that kind of stuff. Try to eliminate that, especially with the people that you are building software with, the engineers. The engineers are writing the code and touching the same product that you're touching on daily basis. You have to establish a very solid relationship with them. You have to establish a very strong bridge with them in order for you both to succeed especially with software. I don't know much about a lot of other industries, but I expect it would be the same impact, but especially with software. Because with software, it's it's you and your team communicating on a, a sphere and a level that is not common. And if you are not on the same page, the software that's gonna come out is gonna come out crippled. Doesn't matter how, how beautiful it looks. That's your CSS game. You're just putting in some styles and making things look good, but underneath is what really matters. I have seen a lot of software engineers um, in this industry uh, would come in and say, well, you know, it's just a job. It's just a job. I don't have to know anyone. I don't have to do anything. Let's just reach out to people. If they reach out to me, if they don't reach out to me, I'm not going to reach out to them. You know, I'm not interested talking to them if they're not interested talking to me. That mindset is the mindset that actually creates isolation and friction within any software engineering team. That's not the mindset of someone. This is an elevator guy. This is an elevator rider. That's someone who's going into the elevator, not looking forward to meeting anyone in the elevator, not looking forward to talk to anyone in the elevator. They just want to go to their destination. The problem is the person in the, dis in, in the elevator will eventually get to their destination, but the software engineer that's isolating themselves from their team shall not and will not reach to their destination, at least not the easy way. Because if your team doesn't know you, doesn't know how to connect to you, and they don't see any interest from your side to connect to them, then, then what's the point? Software engineering is 80% communication skills and 20% technical skills. Whether your technical skills is 5% degrees or not, it doesn't matter. But 80% communication skills because it's all about finding a logical solution to a complex problem. And solutions require discussion. And discussions require communications. And in order for these communications to be successful, hearts have to be open to each other. Souls and minds have to be at peace. 
So when, when someone is discussing a topic, everyone is on the topic, not on the idea that someone is, you know, oh, he thinks that his opinion is better than me, or he thinks he knows more than me. It doesn't matter. These things don't matter. Because at the end of the day, the solution that's going to come out is going gonna to come out in the name of the entire team. And because it is going to be in the name of the entire team, it doesn't really matter how that solution came to be and who proposed it and how it ended up being. It doesn't matter. But for the people that think that software engineering is, not, is, is just a job, I couldn't disagree with you more because software engineering is a craft. It requires more, a lot more than just you going in. It's not, it's not, it's not a factory. You're not going in, turning on some machines, moving some boxes around, then going back home. Nah, 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 nah. Not like that at all. You want me to prove it to you? When you stop, when it hits 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, whenever time you leave work, your brain doesn't really take a break. You don't really stop thinking about the problem that you're thinking about. I'll prove it to you. When you, you know, you run into a situation that, you know, you can't solve a particular problem. And then you leave work, and then when you come in the next day, you find a solution for it because your your mind, subconsciously, you're still thinking about the problem. You're still actually trying to find a solution. There's a thread in your biological system that's still kicking off and trying to uh, solve this problem. So software engineering is not a job. It's not a normal job. It's not a normal profession. Not in the traditional way, the, the way people think it is. It's not like that at all. Not at all. In fact... For people who are in the software engineering industry, the people who come in it just for the money, they get exposed very fast. They run out of patience. And they learn, they run out of energy really, really fast. You know, a lot of people switch over to the software in, uh, engineering industry and say, well, it pays six figures. It's a pretty good industry. Yes, that's true. But it also comes in with a lot of requirements. Requirements that are beyond your degrees or your certificate of completion or your proficiency in one language or another, or one framework or another. I've had um, um, I've had uh, situations where I worked with some engineers that were really truly uh, unable to connect to other engineers. I tried to build bridges with them. One of them said to me, "It's not in my job description to laugh." It was funny and sad at the same time because in this industry, unless you are some sort of freelancer or someone sitting down in a basement, you know, like in the in the IT crowd, just someone sitting down all the way in the basement and uh, working on everything on their own, and they have no communication or social skills, which is kind of stereotypical. It's not really true. Yes, there's a lot of engineers in the industry that are introverted, but that just doesn't mean that they don't want to socialize and connect to each other. They just don't know how, and there's no triggerer of that so be that energy be that kind of energy that actually kicks off that bridge and communication this is what this episode is about building the bridges building the bridges trying to find the best thing about your team and then show your team the best thing about yourself show your team the best thing about yourself my favorite part about all this is the engineers that join teams and see what the team needs and they just go learn it so they can help their teams. That's my favorite kind of engineers. The engineers that go say, okay, 
this team is working with this framework and working with this technology and they seem to use to you know they seem they can use some help you know learning about a particular framework I'm gonna go learn that framework I'm gonna go learn that technology and I'm gonna try to be the best for that team I'm gonna try to teach them I'm gonna try to share my experiences I'm gonna create proof of concepts and I'm gonna help this team evolve not to be the best on them not to get the credit not to be the guy who knows but to be actually sincerely useful for that team genuinely able to push some thoughts and energy spiritual and intellectual energy to to boot that engine to boot that engine kickstart that engine jumpstart that engine get that engine of communication and humanity running you have to understand that a lot of people look at their jobs as some form of out-of-body experience like they say okay it's not part of my real day that's ridiculous on so many levels because simply you spend the best hours of your day and the best time of your life if you're in your 20 30s 40s 50s the best time of your life you are spending in front of that computer or on that machine or whatever you're doing as a day-to-day -day job even if you're just a nice simple waiter at a restaurant or a waitress at a restaurant your team the people that you're working with the people that you know so well that you could make just eye contact when something happens and they know exactly what to do that's the kind of level of that that, that differentiates a particular group of engineers a particular group of people are working with each other from a particular group that is working in an elevator all right so with that the next the next episode we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into these communications these intricacies of, 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 of social interactions you know to be able to actually be a part of the team and to be actually be productive on a team you're gonna talk about conflict in a team there's disagreement something happened between two team members and there's a problem going on how do we solve that conflict how do we get to the resolution I have quite a story for you to tell so stay tuned don't forget to subscribe to my channel and I'll see you in another episode thank you for listening in